Welcome to the Veritas Equipping Podcast, a podcast designed to provide insight, resources, and biblical wisdom. Our mission as Veritas Church is raise up mature disciples, send out everyday missionaries, glorify God. Join us as we pursue Jesus to become mature disciples and effective disciple makers for God's glory. Veritas, welcome to our equipping podcast. This is Jake, and I'm here with two of our elders, Matthew Morkin. Hey, hey. And Jeff Meyer. Hello. Is it Jeff or Jeffrey? I like Jeff. Because he's Matthew. I can't call no. him Matt. It's Matthew. Yeah, Jeff. Yep. And Je- we'll There's stick with two Jeff. people in the world who call me Jeffrey. So. <laughs> who are they? My wife and one of our friends. I want my daughter three. What about your mother, Jeff? She calls me Jeff. Well, so is Jeffrey like when you're in trouble? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We're getting to know each other. Yeah. There we go. We're going to get to know each other even better. Uh, we're starting a series with the whole point to get to know our elders. Uh, one of the things we hear often is who are our elders? We don't, at a church this size, we don't get to know uh, the people that are providing primary leadership. So in this podcast, uh, it's like four weeks where we bring different guys in to hear their stories and, and get to know them a little bit better. And we're starting with, I joked with earlier, two of the biggest theological nerds on our team. So this is going to be fun, uh, but we love these guys. We spend, boy, we spend a lot of time together every Tuesday morning at 530, praying, talking, um, and trying to provide leadership to the church. So before we just get into you guys, what is an elder? Like not how, elder, like not the you, elderly. Yeah, that's key. You know, according to the Bible, what, what is an elder? What is the role and function that we're fulfilling here? Um, you know, what's funny is my phone used to autocorrect when I would type in elder to elderly. So I'd always get a kick out of it when I was writing to the elder group or whatever and saying the word elder. But an elder is a shepherd, a pastor, um, a leader of the flock, um, a leader of the people who are following Jesus. And we get to the specific honor of being called to lead here at Veritas Church. Mm. Yeah, everywhere that Paul planted churches, he tried to set up and establish local elders to provide oversight leadership of that church, godly men with qualifications laid out in scripture uh, to care for the souls, uh, to shepherd the flock uh, of God. And all those qualifications, it's not so much just duty, but pace setting uh, and godliness to shepherd people. But uh, there is duty to it. Um, We uh, guard doctrine and culture of our church, uh, oversee budgets and health and deal with uh, shepherding issues. And it's just a tremendous group to be a part of. So I'm excited uh, for you guys to get to know them a little bit better. So, uh, Matthew, we'll start with you. Just tell tell everybody a little bit about yourself. I mean, how far back do we want to go? Do you want the three-hour version? I get like that Goonies version? flashback <laughs> where Chunks, like, tell us everything. 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 We're not going to put your hand in a blender or anything, but how far <laughs> back do you want to go? I didn't know that was an option. Have you not seen Goonies? I, well... I don't remember that part. Mm. I have seen Goonies, but I'll start back in the glorious year of 1980. Um, I was born 1980. (laughs) Dude. And then I was born on a farm in Northern Minnesota. I was born in the hospital, but I lived on a farm (laughs) in Northern Minnesota. My dad was a farmer and uh, we raised lots of wheat and beans. I remember early on in our relationship, you vocalized your passion for cows. You just like, I love cows. And I was like, I don't know if anyone has ever said that sentence to me. I, I do. I enjoy cattle a lot, <laughs> but I enjoy them in the plate and in the pasture. <laughs> so I can the go either way. But we raised a lot of cattle. I know there are others who have raised more, but 
Yeah, that's kind of the ongoing joke with me. I mean, I have a big poster in my office right now that um, the Gospel Pathway leadership team gave me of this giant cow. So did you see recently, I have I look at news that sometimes it's just like, why is this a news headline? There's different sources you can go. But there was a calf that was born that has, it's a black and white. What do you call the black and white spotted cows? What are those? Well, usually they're Holsteins. Oh, okay. Uh, and it had, it's just three black spots on a white cow that was in the shape of a smiley face. I did see that. Yeah. 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 That's crazy. Yeah. What are, what are the odds? I didn't think we were going there, but that I happened. don't know where to go after that. Either. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So growing up on a farm, growing up on a farm in a religious home, um, I've got three sisters and two brothers. Um, yeah, pretty much lived there my whole entire life, uh, was homeschooled most of my years, which explains a lot. Um, <laughs> went to private school a couple of years, went to the University of Minnesota a couple of years, went to Providence College and Seminary in Otterburn, Manitoba to spend a lot of money and waste a Canada. lot of time. <laughs> Canada. Yeah. You were a foreign exchange student I there? kind of was, yeah. It was uh, doused in French culture. Yeah, but now you can say, I've studied abroad. <laughs> Yeah, that, three just, hours, three-ish hours. hours away from hey, my but house. But no, it doesn't matter. Like in <laughs> yeah, sentence, you can just say, yeah, I studied abroad. So. I was, yeah, totally yeah. international. Sure. Totally. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, quite the experience. I, You know, one thing that stands out to me about that experience is I thought it was a, it was a school uh, my youth pastor went to, and he had a huge impact on my life. And so I went up there and thought, this will be no big deal. Yes, it's Canada, but it's so, so close, no big deal. And, and that played a huge, I mean, it was crazy how how similar it was, but different. And that threw me for a loop. So I had no, I, I did not expect that to happen, but, um, yeah. Um, yeah, I was in church my whole life and got married in 2001 to Sharon. What back up. Okay. All right. I don't want you to skip some important stuff in your life. And I don't know if the church knows that you have a past of, weapon <laughs> smuggling and maybe spent some time in an international prison as well or oh my god you're a smuggler let's just say that let's just i we get how long is this podcast gonna well be? i mean i've got i'm in a hole and i need to dig myself out. i don't know if it's a hole i don't know if it's a ditch i don't know if it's just a i went on a mission trip one time in 1996 to monterey mexico and in on that trip i thought to myself you know it'd be great to bring back some switchblades to the u.s now I don't know if I'll get arrested after this either, but <laughs> I think it's been it's been nearly twenty Time years, of, yeah, thirty this, years. What are What's they? Oh yeah. Okay. So it was it was uh, it was a foolish idea, and a friend of mine and I we went to the market one day after doing skits and missions and all this stuff, and uh, we went to the market and we found switchblades and yeah, duct taped them one to the bottom of the bus and <laughs> shoved, shoved the other one in some poor guy's. Uh, all I heard was you have a past of a weapon smuggler <laughs> yeah. disguised as a missionary. That's all <laughs> I heard. So when, I mean, how did God rescue out of that darkness? When did you get saved? Yeah. Well, ending that first story, I mean, out of smuggling, my youth pastor caught us before we got to the border, and I spent time in, in prison in, <laughs> South, uh, in Mexico. So thank god for him that was how to tick off your youth pastor That's right there he was red-faced hot but <laughs> gracious and loving eventually so yeah god saved me i was married in 2001 um, um just i was super religious and a thing that's interesting, I think, about my story is I was working at a church. I was invited to work at a church with uh, middle school ministry and came alongside as, as, as a youth pastor, transitioned out, and 
um, another guy stepped into the role. So I got to help him. And uh, about a year in, um, this guy challenged us to read a book, Chosen by God by R.C. Sproul. And I hated the book with a passion, talking about the lordship of God. And just fought with that book, threw it against the wall. And we're doing these... Literally? Literally. Literally just hated the book. And he's like, listen, man, just... just It's wrestling with the sovereignty of God. How sovereign is God? I would say the gist of the book is. And I wasn't letting God be sovereign. And he's like, listen, just don't read the book. Just go through, select the Bible passages. Just read those texts. And I was reading verses that I'd never seen in my whole life or never understood, at least in my whole life. And ended up just collapsing. I mean, just being blown away. Uh, like I was wrong and it took probably a couple months to get to that place, but hating the book, arguing with everybody. Um, I thought maybe my marriage was going to end because we hated it so much and just finally came to a place of like, God is God and I am not. And, um, yeah, it was epic. It was, it was mind blowing. Cause that first year, even as a youth pastor, like those kids, like I taught the law. Wait a second. Are you saying you worked in a church as a youth minister for a while before you were saved? Yes. That's that's an interesting story. It's there, almost worse than being do a you know, er, <laughs> It's had a long ways to go. <laughs> Early on in our uh, life of our church, there was a, a gentleman who was a part of our congregation, um, wanted to be baptized, but he had been a pastor in another church for most of his life. He wasn't um, like he was older than me at the time. So I sat down with him. I was like, wait he a second. He still is older than you. He still is. Yeah, Matt, that's a true <laughs> statement. He still is. Uh, I said, when, help me understand, like, when did you get saved? And he was like, well, like six months ago. Like how you can just exist and do ministry so separate from the gospel. Yeah. It's a, it's a sad reality, but yeah. praise God. So he saved yeah, you in that, in that situation. Jeff, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so my story is not near as interesting as Matthew's is. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, he studied abroad. He did, and he's a weapon smuggler, so, <laughs> yeah. you know, whatever. I can't compete with that. I don't even know why I'm here. Uh, but uh, no, my uh, my oldest daughter has a, um, she coined a phrase, one hit wonder for me. So, like, I had one job before my job that I have now. Uh, changed my major once when I was in college. Had one car, You're one steady. girlfriend. Yeah, steady Eddie, right? And so... Uh, yeah, my story is kind of interesting in the respect of the first conversation that I had with biblical Christianity. I grew up in the church, um, but uh, I would have rather watch wrestling on Sunday morning than go. Um, so it was well, just kind when of you say wrestling, you mean like, like pro the, wrestling, the fake stuff. Yeah, like yeah. Hulk Hogan and yeah. the, that era. So who who was right? Superfly Snuka was my oh, oh he was my Superfly, yeah, yeah. yeah junkyard my, dog. He was my guy. That was. Uh, now, would it be fair to say you're like the Chuck Norris of Veritas? Do you have a martial arts background? I mean, I heard Sean Elhard does too. So somebody had asked if we could fight at some point, and we said, well, we could. <laughs> I don't know. Jeff, if I have a confession. Like when we were coming down the stairs to do this, and I saw your karate coat, I thought, what if I just kicked him? What, right if, what, if what would happen? I just I'd probably fall down the stairs and get really hurt. What what belt? Do they do belts in karate? Mm -hmm. What belt are you? Black belt. Is there... What do you got to do to be a black belt? Uh, this this podcast yeah, yeah. is now taking a hard left turn. Oh, it's all good. Is that much more fascinating could, could than that? Could you just than say "yeah" for me? Yeah, <laughs> we didn't. What, do, so can yeah, you break bricks? Uh, yes, yes. So do you got to like pass a test to get a black belt? Yeah. Yep. Jake, put your femur up here. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> we break boards because it's like breaking a femur. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> all right. How did you come to faith in Christ? Yeah, so um, guys I worked with, a couple, three, probably three guys, uh, really strong Christian men, 
um, they were uh, one of the friends of mine walked into our little bay that we worked in. So maybe I missed it. What What do you do? Oh, I'm a software engineer. Okay. Yep. And so doing nerd stuff, software engineer nerd stuff. Um, and so uh, uh, one guy walked into our bay, confronted another guy in our bay, and he was like, you know, I'm really worried about you. And my other friend was like, well, why? He's like, well, because I don't know. You've never told me like what you were wearing, what you were watching, you know, when exactly you became a Christian. And my other friend was like, I like grew up in the church. I know that I needed Jesus at one point. I, I know that I received him and I know that I am a Christian now. I can't tell you when. That oh, happened. like when you say what I was wearing, you're saying that the time yeah. that you were saying. Yeah, that's because my other friend had a very like, I mean, his salvation experience was super like distinct. Like it was, he knew totally mm. that he was saved. Um, but my other friend, since he grew up in the church, he didn't really have that experience. They always talked about Jesus. He always, you know, knew him. Didn't always know him, mm-hmm. knew, knew of him. Yeah. Um, and so at one point he became a Christian. And so that that kind of became a debate. And here I am just like knowing nothing about Christianity other than some of the things I'd heard in church. Um, and uh, they were talking about sovereignty of God and, and election and predestination and all this. And so my kind of salvation story started with a debate <laughs> between... <laughs> Calvinism and Arminianism, right? And great, great yeah. front door Absolutely. conversation. Right? Absolutely. And so whenever somebody will say to me, like, well, we can't talk about that in front of non-believers, I can raise my hand and be like, well, I was that non-believer. Mm. Like, so, yeah. Yep. Was that, so you was can that good for you? if they're a software engineer. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Was that, I mean, so what would you, so still, what do you say to that? Yeah. So the hard part about that was I became very, um, I was discipled by one of those guys for almost a year. And, and I just kind of adopted his viewpoint on things. And he was the more Arminian one of the two. And so our relationship was kind of, I would say it was, it was healthy because we were really good friends, but it was unhealthy because the things we talked about were more like, what's wrong with that guy? What's wrong with that guy? Like, mm-hmm. how could he possibly believe that? What's wrong with him? And so that would be my encouragement for somebody in that kind of situation would be, don't think about what's wrong with that guy do what that guy did for me and always point me to the scripture. I don't mm-hmm. care what this author says. What does the Bible say? Kind of like your story. I don't, you know, don't read, don't care about the book so much. Go to the scripture passages that are in the book. And and that's kind of what did it for me too. Mm. So you guys provide um, like oversight uh, of our church. Um, we're coming up on 10 years old as a church. We um, have seen a lot of fast growth. Um, that's exciting, not necessarily a sign of health. Um, you know, weeds grow fast too. Um, we're, we're thankful for what God is doing amongst us, trying to steward it well. But as you provide oversight, which is not, we're not a board that's mm-hmm. just trying to make decisions. Mm-hmm. We're, we're shepherds that are trying to disciple people and um, oversee a church that's trying to honor God. What, what, when you look at Veritas, are you pleased by and think this is this is encouraging when I look at our our church. I mean, I'm I'm excited about. I mean, we do amidst the fast growth. There has been some tremendous stories of God's faithfulness, like breaking into people's lives and just doing tremendous things for their marriages, mm-hmm. for their souls, for their fathering, for their mothering, for their life. I mean, there is. I mean, I think when you bring a bigger crowd, the, the likelihood of hearing those stories is awesome. But like the number of people who think that, or who've never read through the book of revelation, this is the series we're currently in. 
and are just blown away by the hope that's provided in Revelation and uh, just hearing those testimonies of of so many people who are just wrecked by the scriptures and like leaning into their maker and, mm-hmm. and loving and treasuring God. Yeah, yeah. I'm always blown away too by the fact that um, we're kind of a inverse of a lot of big churches where a lot of big churches have a whole lot of members but not very many people show up. We're kind of the opposite. We have, what, 600 or so members 2,000 people show up on a Sunday weekend. So that's that's encouraging to me that we have a lot of people who are coming. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like to see more members, but yeah. um, but it's encouraging that we know the members we have. Yeah, <laughs> right? yeah, which is a growing challenge. Yeah. Doing a platform like this on a podcast that you know, people can get to know you informally, um, and this is a platform where you can uh, speak to a large group of people. Um, so there's, you know, church of 2000, we're doing a podcast. There's probably five listeners. No, I'm kidding. There's more. We're happy that you're listening. But what would, what would you want to say as a, a shepherd that cares for the souls of our people um, and as encouragement to them in their pursuit of Christ? Yeah, I mean, I would say uh, part of my growth um, has really been informed by serving. And just being able to plug in and use the gifts that God's given you for the benefit of the body. Mm. You're not a Lone Ranger Christian, right? There are other yeah. Christians around you. The church needs you. That's good. Um, and the church needs you to use your gifts that you're given. That's good. I really like our mission statement. Raise up mature disciples, send out everyday missionaries, glorify God. And I think to encourage those who believe, those who hear, those who listen, like to lean in, um, read. And again, I was part of an part of my life story is like the more information I got, the more somber and mean we got. I would say, I'll speak for myself only, but um, be overwhelmed by God and share mm-hmm. it with other people. Mm-hmm. Be in awe of who he is and let it flow from your mouth to your neighbors and to your friends and especially to those within the church. And um, yeah, glorify God. Um, you That's your purpose in life. That's where you'll find joy and hope and peace. And hopefully we can equip you to do that well and understand that more. And hopefully we can have those conversations where we can figure out those gray areas where you're like, how does this work? You know, and hopefully we can really shepherd you in that too and just yeah. and help you see where that fits. Yeah. yeah. Sending out everyday missionaries is huge. That was um, part of my kind of nudge, I guess, into Christianity was a couple of old ladies from Calvary Baptist were kind of canvassing the neighborhood, handing out tracts, right? And they came to our house and, uh, and they asked the question, you know, if you die today, where would you go? I'm like, I go to church, I'm fine. And she's like, well, you might want to take this track anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and that kind of greased the skids of me, you know, mm-hmm. kind of investigating things. And so what you said, Matthew, about even people in the church need to hear the gospel, you're right. <laughs> Absolutely right. Well, mm-hmm. and this is my concern for you, too. If you've been around to churches and you've come to Veritas later on in life, I mean, my own story is I lived in a very dangerous place for years. I faked people out. People didn't, and it's not their fault, but they didn't lean into me mm-hmm. when they probably saw rotten fruit. They didn't push me or ask me about Jesus. I just knew the answers. I didn't know the Lord. Like yeah. I had experience. Yeah. I had religious experiences I would tell people about, but I didn't have new birth experience. I didn't have a new birth experience where God moved in and changed my heart. And mm-hmm. and that's my great concern, especially for downtown campus. Like you can kind of fly in and fly out of here and we don't know you, we don't see you and mm-hmm. all that. And just, just my own story grows my concern for you of like, 
man, check your heart. Are you faking it? Or do you think your friend is? Then ask the question, like be concerned for their soul in that. Yeah. Yeah. As we look into the future, um, we're still relatively young as a church. Like I said, I think uh, um, our 10th anniversary just happened. We're going to celebrate it later on in May. But um, when you think of the next five years or 10 years as a church, what are, what do you hope for for Veritas? Man, I hope that the, the mission statement that we have just gets buried into people's hearts, right? I mean, like, be bold in the gospel. God is calling you to a job. He doesn't save you to sit on your couch and wait for your inheritance, right? He calls you to go. And so um, just be bold knowing that you can be the Christian that God's made you to be. And, you know, taking the Great Commission, we make disciples, he makes Christians. And so just be bold in that and mm-hmm. just go be a missionary, right, in your context. Like those two old ladies that give me a track, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just kind of echoing in a different way what you said, too. I mean, as we grow in maturity, I mean, I hope we continue to grow your view of God. Your view Mm -hmm. of God is what matures you, Mm -hmm. and then I hope you respond out of that. More mature disciples, more mature disciples. Not just going out to the cities to communicate or convert the communities, but people who are overwhelmed by just the holiness and awesomeness of God that they just can't stop sharing it. And, and more disciples. That's how disciples are made. Like, yeah. people don't want a God that's a, that's a wuss. They want a God that, that is Lord. Yeah. And as people grow in who that is, it'll embolden them. And worst case scenario, we win. So right. Right. what are we waiting right. for? And I'm still working on that myself, too. And just a boldness of, to lovingly care for our church and then a boldness to lovingly care for our community as well. And the most loving thing we can do is tell them about God. Yep. Yeah. I would love to see people um, take advantage, like what you were saying, that just the opportunities that we have for discipleship here um, to flow out where VST or classes or whatever, um, ask yourself the questions, am I growing? Am I learning? Am I whatever? But ask them from a perspective of, of am I growing so that I can go do something? Am I learning so that I can go do something? Um, there never just stops with you. Uh, that's good. Now the heart or the purpose behind doing this podcast is to help our people get to know our elders. So I want to end this way. We're going to go rapid fire question and answer a little hot seat, um, to the real deep, important stuff. So, uh, favorite food, lasagna, meat, any kind of meat, any. <laughs> <laughs> maybe not lamb, but other than that category, meat, lasagna. Okay. Favorite movie, Lord of the Rings. Movies, the uh, the Patriot. Hmm. Favorite book, Desiring God, John Piper. I like Holiness of God by Sproul. Mm. That's good. Idea of the best vacation, New Zealand, going around it on a bike. I love the beach, so whatever we're going to the we're going to the mountains this summer. So that's something we haven't done before, so that'll be fun to see that. That might pop up on top of the list. So okay. Uh, Quick rundown of your family. I have three sons. Finley is 15, Piper's 13, Ollie is 11. My wife, Sharon. Is Amy married? And I won't tell her age. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I'll I'll follow that lead. Uh, Wife, Sarah. uh, We've been married for, gosh, 27 years. We have a daughter, Kaylee, 26, son, Aiden, who's 21, a son, Devin, who's 18, and a son, Bree, who's 16. So he'll be 19 pretty soon. No, just turned 19, gosh. A passage of scripture that's encouraging to you lately. I mean, gosh, I always love Ephesians 5. That's one of my go-to passages for we're in a connection group with a bunch of young married couples, and Ephesians 5 is always on my mind, so I really love that passage. 
I mean, I have my go-to text, but encouraging to me <laughs> lately is um, probably Philippians 4, a 4 through 8. Be anxious about nothing, yeah. but in everything by prayer and supplication. There you go. Nice. Uh, best present you've ever received? Ooh. Or would like to receive right now? I think my favorite present is one that I've been using for seven years. It's a smoker. and Pellet smoker? Yeah, pellet smoker. Sarah went in with a bunch of our family, and like everybody just contributed and got it. It was pretty amazing. Um, I think I'm due for a bicycle. I'm due for, I'm due. I'm due for a bicycle. My favorite gift in the future hey, would be. do you be. think you deserve a bicycle, Matthew? I don't know that I deserve a bicycle. But You're just due. They've got a lot of miles on them. <laughs> Uh, these are two guys that are near and dear to my heart, and uh, hopefully you got to know them a little bit better. Uh, church, if you see them on a Sunday, uh, come up and say hi. We want to know uh, our people as best that we can and be an encouragement to you. Uh, we love you. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Veritas Equipping Podcast. If you have any questions you would like us to address or ideas on how we can serve you better, please reach out to us by email at info at veritascr.church and put podcast in the subject line.